Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. Today's another AMA episode, that is, Ask Me Anything. I'd love to answer your questions, and if you have a question you think is going to be of broad interest, send it in. I'll answer it live on the air. Send your questions to Victor at VictorJM.com. That's Victor at VictorJM.com. This question comes from Meg in New Canaan, New York. Hi, Victor. I hope all is well with you and your family. I have a question regarding sustainable building practices in real estate investment projects. We've been designing our homes using more sustainable building practices for the past several years. Here in New York, the requirements for clean energy are set to get even stricter. And on top of that, we have a moratorium on new natural gas lines in our area, and I don't envision the state lifting in full. For residential, natural gas is not supplied to development unless there's already gas on site. Upgrades to an existing meter are not allowed. I was wondering how you're handling the call for clean energy, energy reduction, and sustainability in your projects. As well, are you seeing any appreciation from the buyers, renters, investors for your efforts to provide cleaner energy and more sustainable energy-efficient buildings? Are people willing to pay more in rent for these types of projects, or are they willing to pay a higher purchase price? Do you have more or less investors interested in these types of projects? Thank you for your time. I always appreciate your perspective. Well, Meg, this is a great question. There's two ways to answer the question. Number one, don't develop in New York State. There's so many easier places to develop with less overhead, less bureaucracy, lower taxes, stronger demand, better profits, and on and on. And that's not a very good answer to your question. So here's a better answer. If natural gas is no longer permitted for new installations, you could comply by putting in an electric system and simply pushing the environmental problem onto the electric utility. The old resistive systems are very inefficient and among the most costly to operate, and they're not actually that environmentally friendly. Still, New York State has access to relatively cheap power. 40% of its power comes from burning natural gas, 30% from nuclear, and it buys 18% of its electricity through hydroelectric, most of it from the James Bay Hydroelectric Project in northern Quebec and Labrador. This environmentally friendly alternative to burning fossil fuels flooded 4,500 square miles of forest, causing incalculable ecological damage to this ancient boreal forest. But since there were only about 5,000 native indigenous people living in the area, the impact was deemed acceptable and the project got pushed through with no environmental assessment. New York State still has four coal-fired plants in operation. Unfortunately, natural gas is among the cleanest burning fossil fuels in existence. It's a bit hypocritical that they're converting coal-fired plants to natural gas at the same time they're telling homeowners they can't use it. Now, we still haven't found a meaningful metric that would make the benefit of a low-emission system attractive to tenants, investors, or even homeowners. But we found that achieving energy efficiency requires a number of changes to the design. In fact, it has a lot to do with material choices, perhaps more than anything else includes more expensive, more highly insulated windows. Each of these choices increases the cost. Closed cell foam insulation is more effective than other forms of insulation, but again, it costs more. By far the most effective and cost-efficient method of providing leading-edge climate control to a property is by using a geothermal system. It's like a heat pump, except the heat source is the thermal mass of the ground, rather than trying to extract heat from the winter air that's very cold, But these systems require a fair bit of land or a deep well in order to gain access to a meaningful heat source. My personal preference is the closed-loop geothermal system. It requires digging of trenches and maximizing the surface area of the pipes in the ground to enable the heat transfer to and from the ground. The beauty of these systems is they act like a traditional heat pump, pulling heat from the interior air and pushing the heat into the ground to provide air conditioning in the summer 
and pulling heat from the ground to heat the home in the winter. When you add the cost of a furnace and the cost of an air conditioner, a geothermal heat pump is not that much more money when you add those two products together. The biggest increase in cost with geothermal compared with the traditional is the massive amount of trenching required to bury the pipes. The deeper you dig, the better, but then, of course, the higher the cost. If you bring in a big shovel on site to dig the foundation and you've got enough land to dig the heat transfer area, it might not be that much more money. But if your site conditions include shallow bedrock, it might be cost prohibitive to install such a system. In that instance, maybe an open-loop water-based system might be preferable. The cost of drilling two wells is reasonable. Again, you need a large enough property to make this approach viable. The energy efficiency of geothermal is about 5 to 1 compared with natural gas heating. Even in air conditioning mode, the energy savings are substantial. So if natural gas is being banned for new construction and your property can accommodate geothermal, you may want to consider it. The lower cost on an annual basis can be a strong selling point, especially for owner-occupied properties. And I understand that that is your target market. I want to thank you, Meg, for a great question. And for listeners at home, keep the questions coming. Have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. Talk to you again tomorrow.